Speaking of Millhaven, just saying, I am Tom Beckham. I'm McGraw-Millhaven. Welcome to the podcast. And welcome back to McGraw. Now, okay, so we did not have a podcast last week because Millhaven, who failed on me the previous week, I had to do a solo one, and then he was going to be ready for the next week, but no, he had jet lag. Mr. World Traveler had jet lag and bailed on me last week. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, no defense. No, no, no apology. No nothing. No, I, you, you're so insignificant to me. I had to sleep was more important to me than this insignificant podcast. So yeah, absolutely. No, I. Uh, we went significant. To, I mean, uh, we, we, had, we had people wondering why there was no podcast last week. I, it's amazing to me that we have people listening to this. Um, I went to uh, went to started off in Lisbon, got on a boat ship. Sailed into the Mediterranean up the Spanish Riviera, ending up in Barcelona. In your travels, you ever been to Barcelona? No, no. It's oh my goodness! It's I've heard right up about there. it. Yeah. Oh, it is Barcelona. What a jewel! Um, just gorgeous. The architecture, the streets, the people, the energy. The Sagrada Familia is a is a, um, a cathedral that this architect named Gaudi started in 1882. They should be finished in 2026. It's <laughs> they're, they're still, still working on it, are they? They're still working on it. It's a combination of the Emerald City from the Wizard of Oz, Sherwood Forest, and Disney World. And you throw it together, and that's what this, that's what this cathedral looks like. And it's going to be the largest church when it's finished. It is... It is unbelievable, and it's right smack dab in the middle of Barcelona, and it's fantastic. Okay, so like supply chain issues, they can't get the help. Why is it taking so damn long to finish this thing? Go look at a picture of this this thing. It's from this crazy mind of this architect in the 1880s, came up with this design, and it's so bizarre that they're now using CAD drawings, computer drawings, to render it in which he did it in his own mind. A lot of his models blew up in some war along the way. There was a 40-year civil war in um, Spain, which sort of added to the delays. But it takes 150 years to build this thing. That's how insane it is. What is it, what's it called again? Uh, it's called the Sagrada Familia, or, or otherwise known as the Gaudi in, in Barcelona. It's All smack right. dab in the middle of it, and it is, it is magnificent. So, so you spent a lot of time in Ireland. Uh, your Husker football team is getting ready to play in Ireland this week. Yes. Um, what, what's that all about? Well, um, I'm going to be up at 11:30 cheering on my Huskers, wearing my green and red. But what do you want? <laughs> you want? What do you? What do you mean? What do you mean? What is it all about? I mean, why, why, why are they playing? Why are they playing in Ireland? I don't know. That's a great question. What? I, I, I am assuming it's for some cultural uh, experience for the players. And so they're going to go eat some corned beef and cabbage and have some Irish dancers for a night, but then get back to work. I don't quite understand the whole reason for this to be going on. I, you, I don't get it. You, you're closer than I am. Why are they? You have, you have a more wholesome uh, view of this than I do. Uh, I think it's just so the Hustlers can uh, appear to be relevant still. Uh, you know, because, look, nobody would give a damn about Nebraska Northwestern normally, but it's the start of the season. They're in Ireland. They're getting all this national press. Uh, you know, and I, I think that, like, 
there's a big uh, money thing too because Aer Lingus is sponsoring all of this. So there's a lot of you know big uh, Irish tourism thing. So it's it's good for Ireland. But I think it's just so that the Huskers just appear to still be relevant. Yeah, the uh, Husker players getting any appearance fees or anything? I don't know. Are they getting a cut of the ticket sales or the the travel costs? Are they they t- getting taken care of? Oh, that's right. No, they they don't. The Big Ten gets a billion dollar TV contract, and the players get their name on a bag of potato chips. I'm sorry, I forgot. This is the American way. Okay. Now, obviously, I mean, your 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 child is is a daughter, so this wouldn't apply necessarily. But if your son, if you had a son. Would you let him play football uh, today? Um, it's a great question. Is the person they're playing football for going to take up his medical costs when he's 60 and he's losing his marbles or he needs a knee replacement or an ankle replacement? Well, that's just it. And this is, I think, where I think it's going to be interesting to see, and it's still maybe 10 or 15 years down the line, but as more and more is known about, you know, the head trauma and, and the like, you know, how many how many mothers and fathers are going to tell their kid, no, 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 you play baseball, you play basketball, but uh, we're not going to, going to let you play football. I Look, I love the fact that these players have this NIL deal, and I love the coldest for the heating and cooling company, and I hope he makes a fortune. But he's right. The the NCA says, all right, you can go out and get your own money. You just can't take any of our money. So you don't get TV revenue. You don't get concession revenue. You don't get ticket revenue. But if you if you want to go out and cut your own deal, eh, we're all right with that. Well, what happens? They didn't say that. The court said that. Well, OK, well, then the NCA was like, all right, we'll 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 let you do it. What happens? when a player starts to advertise for a casino or a liquor company or a strip club or something that somebody does or an abortion pill, right? I mean, all legal. Um, what happens then? What happens? I, I just had this. I, I was going to, I was going to say something totally inappropriate on your abortion pill line. And I, just sort of cracked myself up in my head, but I probably should just. But I mean, for real though, what no, happens no, when no. A, what happens when a player starts starts advertising a beer commercial that plays during the national championship game? The guy can't 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 be a spokesman for a beer commercial that's playing in a national championship game. Well, you're right. The 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 rules are so bogus and bullshit. Because uh, I were I traveled with the team years ago when they won the national championship. I traveled with the team when they were going to go and meet Bill Clinton. Right. So the Hustlers were meeting the president. And then there was a big, I, I didn't go to the White House. I couldn't get, you know, tag along to the White House. But there was a big reception for them afterwards in one of the Senate buildings. And I was at that. And then all these Nebraska fans were there. The team comes in and Tom Osborne comes in. And it was so bizarre because here were these players, some of them, you know, star players who didn't have any money. So they're meeting the president. And like hand me down goodwill clothes, you know. You can tell it was like a, a used white shirt that right. you know, that they had, you know, because they couldn't afford a new clean starched one. And no and, one could give it to them. No, nobody could give it to them. You couldn't have a, you couldn't have some clothing store say, "Hey, you know, let me let me buy you all suits for the president." Right. And, and it was sad to see that. Criminal. Yeah. So anyway. Criminal. Mean, meanwhile, while the Big Ten signs a billion dollar a year contract for the next seven years. Yeah. 
Yeah. And by the way, by the way, you talk about the NCAA. Are they are they going to be relevant in another ten years? I know. I don't. I mean, the way it's going, I don't think it's got five years left. Yeah. I mean, why don't the why don't the three or four big conferences just break off and do their own thing? What is the NCAA doing? If it's not, if there's no such thing as compliance anymore, right? There was a star player at here in St. Louis that ended up going to uh, was it Jackson State where Deion Sanders is coaching, and the reason why he went there was for this NIL money. So you don't need to go to USC, you don't need to go to Nebraska, you don't need to go to Oklahoma. He went to a you know whatever it is, a Division three or his, his uh, historically black college because he's getting paid. So yeah. if you can pay them, what do you need the NCAA for? Somebody else can can deal with schedules. Um, you don't need them for anything. Yeah, I mean, to say that, okay, so they, they organize the championships, you know, is that it? Right. Well, what what is the – why why don't the – if these conferences are going to become mega conferences, why doesn't the Pac-10, the Big Ten, the ACC, and the SEC get together and say, take the top 30 teams and we'll just have our own league? Yeah. No, I know. This is – uh, well, I mean, you know, everything's changing. Damn it! Now get off my lawn. I mean, I mean, uh, the, 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 the idea, the idea that that they're somehow doing this for the student athlete is laughable, right? I mean, that they, they can't even they can't even say student athlete with a straight face anymore. Um, <laughs> it's 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 just comical. There's no there's no student athlete anymore. Yeah. Because these the the players are going from team to team to team, right? And. And and why are they allowed six years of eligibility? There's a couple of players who I think I think I read somewhere somebody is an eight year senior. Really, is an eight year senior and still has eligibility left? Give me a break. Now I do think that you know as far as uh, the Huskers are concerned, uh, I think the uh, NIL and the transfer portal benefits them um, because because they can go and get maybe the guy that's the second string on Ohio State uh, who wouldn't have. Uh, consider Nebraska before would now consider Nebraska because they'll say, Hey, you know, you're not, you never get much playing time at Ohio state, but come play for us. And we will, uh, uh, we got, we got some car dealer that wants to offer you a, uh, $10,000, uh, you know, um, uh, advertising campaign or something, you know, I mean, it's, it's, you know, we're going to trade out a car for you, you know, that sort of thing. Going back to the, well, old of how they used but, to- yeah, but again, He's not going to Ohio State because he's a scientist and he wants to learn and he happens to play football on the side. He's going for one reason, to play. If he can't play at Ohio State, he'll go somewhere else. So, so much for the academics. So the whole idea of a student athlete is a joke. Okay, now, for those that don't know, McGraw played uh, baseball for the University of Nebraska. You were a college athlete. Yes, I was. You were a college student athlete. Are you bitter that there was no NIL money back in your day? No, no. Um, I don't think too many people were tripping over them, themselves to give, you know, middle relievers money <laughs> to go to, to go to Runza. So <laughs> I don't think I left any Runza money on the table. <laughs> oh, but you gave Runza lots of money. <laughs> there was no, there was no sign and trade deal with, uh, with amigos on 17th Avenue down there. So, <laughs> all right, I want to talk about politics with you because, because uh, in Nebraska, the Republican Party here in Nebraska is going off the rails. They're going off the rails. They're going, they're going with the, you know, far right, the, the uh, you know, election denier type of, of uh, 
of party now. Um, uh, and and that and I was just wondering because in Missouri, you have an independent uh, candidate, uh, a Republican who's running as an independent, yes. uh, running for Senate down there because the Missouri Republican parties are off the rails as well. Yeah. Uh, is that is that independent getting any traction down there? Uh, well, he was on my show yesterday, so he's getting a lot of attention. I mean, holy mackerel. Is um, anybody else putting him on their shows? <laughs> there really there are no other radio shows in town. Oh, really, I'm mine's sure. the only one. Hold yeah, on a second. Back up a second. Back up a second. Um, the Nebraska Republican Party is going and talking about election deniers and the election was stolen. Well, there's just, I mean, that, that wing of the party, um, the, the new, uh, the new national chairperson, uh, for the party, um, is a woman that was on the, uh, Capitol steps on January 6th. Okay. But hold on a second. And it said that, you know, it was no worse than black lives matter, uh, protests. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hold on a second. here. Um, didn't Nebraska go for Donald Trump, like 80 to 20? Well, except that this uh, the uh, the urban area, uh, Omaha and uh, and Lincoln, although not that congressional district. For people that don't know, Nebraska is one of two states that actually divides their electoral college votes. Right. So each congressional district, uh, whoever wins that district, gets that vote. So yeah, uh, Donald Trump did do very well in the state overall, but if um, you look at it from the various districts in Omaha, uh, Joe Biden won. Who 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 won the Lincoln district? Well, Lincoln, I think I think Biden won Lincoln, but there's enough rural area around that district. Okay, so the so, so that, that yeah, that, so that, that that Trump still still okay. Won so that. so 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 it's not. Do we really need a giant conspiracy to realize that Omaha went for the Democrat, and the rest of the state overwhelmingly went for? Donald Trump, where where is the election fraud? It's well, pretty well, much. McGraw, you're trying to talk sense there. There's no sense to this sort of behavior. There's you no see sense. Where, did you see where down in Texas, a bunch of election workers quit and resigned for the grief they were getting? And the guy was like, your guy won like 80-20. What are you people complaining about? <laughs> they, were, they were charging fraud and, uh, you know, dead people voting. And they're like, your guy won. 78% of the vote. What are you complaining about? Okay, so we got a fun little thing happening here. I don't even follow this at all. So um, the head of the Nebraska Democratic Party, which is pretty weak statewide, the head of the Nebraska Democratic Party put out a tweet. Hey, hold Nebraska on a second. Party. He's strong enough to get Omaha to, um, well, to, to, to have dead people vote to have Biden win in Omaha. It's a she. It's a she, not a he. But anyway, so so uh, Nebraska just voted to uh, have expanded casino gambling in the state, right? The mm -hmm. Republicans are against it. So she puts out a tweet saying that, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the Republicans are fun haters. So then the now former communications director for the Nebraska Republican Party responds with a tweet where he puts out drawings of uh, young people doing fellatio, and uh, matter of fact, let me let me let me see real quick here. Let me let me find. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Back up again. The Democrat tweets out Republicans don't have any fun, and the Republican tweeted out what? Well, that, that hold on a second. I mean, I want to make sure I get the, the quote 
uh, exactly right on this. Um, so, uh, okay, so so the they what they did is they there's a book called Gender Queer that evidently has been in a few um, uh, in a few schools around the country, right? Gender Queer, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and this book is about a guy that you know wasn't. Wasn't sure growing up, not sure, you know, was he a boy, is he a girl? He wasn't sure going through all this. And in the book, I guess it also has uh, like drawings, not photographs, but drawings of explicit uh, sex acts, right? Of these young people doing, uh, you know, going through sex. And it's all about, uh, you know, this guy and what he went through trying to you know, figure it out. And this is shown up in a few, in a few uh, school libraries. Okay. So, she puts out a text or a tweet saying that Nebraskans are fun haters. And then they respond with a uh a, a tweet or with a yeah, with a tweet that says, like fun haters against fellatio being taught to school-age children. Well, you are right. We have principles and values, not everything goes policies. Sorry to be sane. But here's the thing, fellatio is not being taught in the public schools. Can can you imagine the homework if it was? <laughs> you know. Uh, that was a long way to go for a joke. Good uh, one, but a long way to go. It's a very good joke, though. It's a very good joke. And I'm going to keep using it as long as I can. Um, but, but so anyway. So it's the not being taught in the schools, but it is in the books in the library. Well, but the, but those books aren't in the library, and for that matter, for that matter, anybody can put a book in the library. It doesn't mean that it's there, sanctioned by the um, by the school board. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, so so somebody finds this book in the library, it doesn't necessarily mean that the that the school board, um, you know, approves of it. Also, doesn't necessarily mean that the guy that found the book didn't put the book there in the first place. Here's here here's my question for you. How many times you go to your high school library? Oh, that's just it. Yeah, the kids the kids have a better chance of seeing those pictures on um, on, uh, TikTok on TikTok or Instagram. Yeah, on TikTok than on than they're, the school library. Or they're carrying they're carrying around every picture in the known universe in their pocket, and you're afraid of a book placed in the 300 level of the Dewey Decimal System in your public library? The Dewey Decimal System. Boy, you are old. Okay, so... The Dewey, the Dewey Decimal System still exists. Well, it's all, yeah, but it's all on computer. It's not, you don't go to the big... You don't go to a microfiche to find it, but there's still, it's it's cataloged by the Dewey Decimal System. Okay, but anyway, so you're not... I, I said all that to get to the point I want to want to get to. So I see one of, the, one of my guys on Facebook says talking about this and says you know that there's all all this stuff that the media is not reporting uh, about what's going on in the schools and so i write to him and say, well, so what is you know what's going on you know and he says uh i don't trust the media i don't trust you guys you're the lamestream media you know and, and then he says then he says you know i'm not going to do your job for you <laughs> and it's like i'm trying to do my job you say there's something going on I'm trying to look into what is going on to report on what's going on, but you won't tell me what's going on because you don't trust the media for reporting what you say is going on. I mean, how how do how do you combat that? How do you deal with this? 
Yeah, you're laughing, man. But this is this is reality. This no, is... I'm laughing because it happens to me all the time. Why don't you come on your show? Come on my show and explain it. Oh no, no, I don't want to come on your show. Why? I don't really trust you. Well, if you come on my show and uh, I won't be edited, it'll be live. I'll give you the chance to respond. We'll do it all on the up and up. No, I don't really trust the media. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. Yeah. I'd much rather sit in my little cave and talk to the three other people and my Facebook page where I only get affirmation. Uh, no, it's it, the world's gone mad. And, and and that that to me that to me is you know, the biggest sin of Donald Trump is how he has put such distrust in the foundations of our government, our elections, our courts, our media. You know all all that all that he's done to uh, uh, basically tear down our democracy. You know, and, and that that to me is the scary part. You know, and uh, yeah. So we, I was in Spain, uh, as as you know, and they keep promoting the fact that they have the world's or the, Europe's oldest democracy. And so I raised my hand and I was like, "The world's oldest democracy." So what are you guys talking about? And they said, "Well." You know, we have the world's oldest democracy. Uh, you mean Europe's oldest democracy? E Europe's oldest democracy. And I said, I said, you did? I said, wasn't Franco like a dictator in the 60s? And they said, well, um, yeah, but <laughs> Franco won the Civil War, was a dictator for 40 years, died in the 1970s, and then they reestablished the democracy that he just uh, destroyed in the Civil War. And I was like, oh, so not counting the 40 years Franco was in charge, where you sort of put your constitution off to the side, did you all of a sudden realize it was, I was like, wow, that's really interesting. So it actually does happen where you have a, a democracy and somebody just decides and becomes a dictator for 40 years. And when they die, they went back to democracy. So, so basically it's Europe's oldest democracy with an asterisk. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. And it was, it was weird because you know, it was like it was neutral during World War II, and a lot of people fled to Spain and then to Argentina or whatever else. And but it was just really interesting how they had a dictator, um, and then when he died, they went back to like being a democracy. It was so like what, whoa. That's so what weird. were people? What were people in Europe and in Spain, uh, particularly, or just in Europe in general, when you were traveling? What were they saying about America and what's going on now? I got how are into we viewed. I got, well, I mean, it's impossible to take the pulse of the entire country. Uh, I did have an interesting conversation with a, with a taxi driver who um, was very, I mean, he was much more um, uh, up to date on the uh, policies and procedures of the U.S. than many U.S. citizens. Oh. Um, they're, they're very much aware. They're very much, under, they're very much a student of world politics of world news way more than Americans are. I remember when you and I were on a, a trip, uh, I think we were in Vienna, uh, and, and we were in a cab, and, the, and this is when the Eric Snowden thing was all going down. And the cab driver knew more about Snowden than 90% of the Americans. Yeah. 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 No, uh, Europe is very well connected, very well understands what's going on. Wanted to know, you know, what my thoughts were about Donald Trump, um, you know, was I mean, it was the climate control, climate change, climate issues was a huge, huge conversation, just in general conversation there. It also didn't help that it was stifling, insanely hot while I was over there. 
um, and they're going through a major drought. But um, so it was sort of a topic of conversation at hand. But it was amazing to me how well, well read they are about American politics. Yeah, because really we know nothing about Spain's politics or, I mean, no, even, I, even Britain's politics, we just know basic, you know. Yeah. No, it's true. It was really very, you know, I kind of felt ashamed that I was like, I was like, I, shoot, I'm a history major and I was grasping at straws for some of the history of Spain. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but but it was it was it was a cool trip, huh? Oh, it was. I mean, the 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 Spanish Riviera, where all the Brits and all Europeans go to sort of vacation along the the Spanish coast into the Mediterranean. It was I mean, it was really cool. It was really fun. Matter of fact, there was there was a stop. We were in um, Cartagena, and uh, there was a yacht, one of these insane yachts. And we're like, we wonder whose yacht it was. And so we get off and we're taking our tour. And the tour guy says, does anybody want to know whose yacht that is? It was Jerry Jones, owner of the Dallas Cowboys yacht. <laughs> oh, well, good. I'm, so you, you and Jerry Jones vacation together. Is that what you're saying? Who, who, by the way, I have met Jerry Jones and could not have been a nicer person. I accosted him. I accosted him at a at a restaurant once, and the man stopped what he was doing. Could not have been any nicer. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so so okay. Speaking about the NFL, I am disavowing my Cleveland Browns. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you know me. I've been a Browns fan. I've been with them through you know as, as a child growing up in Cleveland, and then when they left for Baltimore, I just sort of you know hung in there waiting for them to come back. I, I've been there, you know. Supporting them throughout all this, bought Browns merchandise, been it's to the your, stadium. It's part of who you are, right? I mean, the, no, the, really the yeah, downtrodden Browns fan. But here, and here's why I did it. Here's why I did it. Because I thoroughly have a problem with how the Browns treated Baker Mayfield and have a problem with, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson, you know, and, and all that, uh, how, they, how they just leveraged their future for this guy who – you know, has paid off what twenty three of the twenty four women that he uh, accosted, and allegedly accosted. Um, and I just said I, I couldn't support it. But here's the reason: because I was talking to I, I would talk to Republican friends of mine that had uh, that, that would criticize Donald Trump, but then say, "But if he's the nominee, I'm going to vote for him." And I just couldn't understand that. I mean, they they knew, you know, they said, oh, yeah, Donald Trump, he was involved in January 6th. He did nothing for it. He's tearing this country apart. Oh, but if he's the nominee, I'm going to vote for him. And I couldn't understand that. And then I said, well, wait a minute. If I stay with the Browns, am I the same thing? Because I know what the Browns have done here and what they've done. And I thoroughly disagree with it. And it's like, do I just stay loyal to, do I just stay loyal to some, you know, Bad regime just because I've always been a uh, part of that. So the blind loyalty is it, it's a actually it pains me to say this, but that's a brilliant analogy. Um, what they're doing is so disgraceful um, that you as a fan can't handle it. So you're going to stop being a fan. Well, yeah, I'm just I'm uh, turning my uh, undivided loyalty now to my second team, which is my Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, it doesn't hurt that the Kansas City Chiefs are the odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, but it also means I, mean, I lived in Kansas City. I've, I've gotten you great seats to uh, to see a game in Kansas City. So, I mean, I have a connection with the Chiefs, 
you know, uh, uh, more reason actually than than the Browns really. But I wonder uh, if I wonder if Chief fans don't want you to be a Chiefs fan because you're kind of bad news bringing all that bad <laughs> mojo from the yeah, Cleveland Browns. Yeah, yeah, it's it's my yeah that that, that will be it. Yeah, this will be the year. This will be the year that uh, the Browns win the Super Bowl. Yeah, no. I don't, but I, just in terms of pure football, they traded away their quarterback to get Deshaun Watson, who hasn't played in a year, now won't play for the first 10 games. Hello. And so they're going to have a backup quarterback. They could have had Baker Mayfield. Now they're going to have some no-name quarterback to wait for this Deshaun Watson, who's now going to be a year and a half who hasn't played, who you could argue Baker Mayfield was better than when they did play together. Uh, okay, well, here's how it even even gets crazier, and that is, okay, so the Browns got nothing for Mayfield when he went to the Carolina Panthers. Got nothing for him, right? In fact, the Browns are still paying off his contract. If Baker Mayfield becomes a starting quarterback for the Panthers, the first game of the season, the Browns will be paying Baker Mayfield a half a million dollars to have him beat the Browns. So you're going to be rooting for the Carolina Panthers that game? I'm rooting for Baker Mayfield. Yeah. All right. Game two, I believe they're playing the New York Jets. Who you who are you rooting for in that game? I I could care less about that game. Why don't you become a Jets fan? Because they're worse than the Browns. No, they're now they're back, baby. My Jets are back. Your, your Jets, your Jets suck. Come on. My Jets are back. Mm-hmm. All right. I have um I'd like to tell I'd like to talk about a story that is not getting the attention it deserves nationally. All right. And that is the power of 18 red what the power of 18 red please explain mm-hmm. so there was a player who 18 months ago 14 months ago was working as a banker he was a oh, banker. yeah 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 this guy with your mess yeah yeah his name is nate fisher he's from nebraska i'm getting to that okay i'm getting to that so he uh, was undrafted, signed by the Mariners, played for the Mariners, played through COVID, was released, came home to Omaha, became a banker. And then apparently the Mets called him up out of nowhere and said, you want a second chance? You want to, we need left-handed pitching. The Mets signed him, liked him. And then 14 months later, two days ago, three days ago, he pitches three shutout innings in the Mets win over the Phillies for his first major league debut. Now, he is a Cornhusker, right? And he is now a New York Met. Do you know what his number was when he was a Cornhusker? 18? 18. Do you know what my number was when I was a Cornhusker? <laughs> I'm guessing it was 18. 18. The power of 18, baby. Red 18. See how powerful that is? Well, you, you, took... you, know, you know the Mets let him grow. Uh, yesterday, they didn't let him go. They they sent him back down. I uh, no, I think they put him on waivers. Really? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Go do a quick really? Google search. Hold go on a second. Quick Google search. Hold on a second. Um, yeah, they put him on waivers. No, 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 no. That's not possible. They didn't play yesterday. Oh, he gets cut a day after. Yeah. How was that? How was that possible? Yeah, I know he, he, he pitched quarter innings. He was cut by the New York Mets. I just said, I, I, th- I think I just told you that. So there's Why there's was... your power of 18, baby. There's your power of 18. Yeah. Yeah, three innings Man, and you're gone. Man, that is brutal. How could the Mets do that? 
How could that, that is the that is the worst story I've ever heard. The guy, you come on, man. The guy pitches a three shutout innings and they they release him. Here you go, trying to trying to hoard it on this guy's glory, and he gets cut. Come on, man. how can that be? That is the worst. The next day they were playing at Yankee Stadium. They played last night at Yankee Stadium. You know what? That is awful. Why would they do that? I don't know. Come on, man. Why did they just send him back down to the minors? Why would they cut him? I makes no sense. It doesn't I mean look, he had a he had a decent run. He had a decent, you know, he had a decent outing. Now that he's off the 40-man roster, he could be traded or placed on waivers during a seven-day period. If unclaimed, he could be assigned outright back to the minors with the Mets. The move came while many were still reveling in the sheer improbability of his path. The 26-year-old lefty, who had once given up his hopes of baseball career for a job in the financial world, dazzled in his debut. He threw three scoreless innings, one hit relief, and gave the Mets the chance to come back and beat the Phillies 10-9. That is Man, baseball, man, it breaks your heart, man. The guy goes from his first, I mean, you can't do any better. Three three innings, one hit, and yeah. then they release him the next day? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That is yeah, the and, and then, Okay, so then they put him on waivers. Nobody takes him. The Mets bring him back. You know, do you really want to play for that organization anymore? Well, I mean, it's, I don't know if I just, I'm, crushed that is that is the worst news i've ever heard that's so sad now here's what you do here, 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 here here's his career path he says screw it i'm through with baseball he goes back to be a banker he sells the screenplay for a, a disney plus streaming movie about the banker that pitched three innings it'll be a you know it'll be a family it, heartwarming movie yeah but it ends when uh, the next day he was fired I mean, come on. That is the worst. <laughs> I can't believe he was. That is the worst story I've ever heard. So tell me again about the, what's this, this power of uh, 18. This is, this is why the Mets, this is why I'm, I'm still a Mets fan, but I got, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tweet out to the owner. Very not happy with this. I mean, what a great story. Um, it took, Took a long time for a red 18 to play for the Mets, but it finally happened and they fire him the next day. <laughs> so my guardians, my guardians are in first place. Now here's yeah, the thing oh, oh, with half my Mets. And here's the thing about the guardians. Well, yeah, because you got uh, Lindor. Yeah. But here's the thing about the guardians. The guardians are in first place, two games ahead of uh, Minnesota. All right. With their one loss record though, in any other division, they'd be like at least like, 10 games out of first. <laughs> no. Well, you know, yeah, going against the Yankees or, the, or Houston, uh, you know, I mean, it'd just be, yeah. But, uh, I am, I, I, I can't go on. I have to end this podcast. I am pissed. That is, that is bullshit, man. That is just <laughs> wrong on so many. Could you imagine how heartbreaking that is? Talk about the highest high to the lowest low. <laughs> that is the worst. You said you started off by saying it's the story that was being underreported, but evidently you weren't having the whole reports that were already out there. It yeah. was so underreported, I didn't even know it. Yeah. So anyway, all right. Yeah, we're done anyway. I'm not through with this. Uh, good to have you back, my friend. Good to see you. Good to be on this side of the pond. Yes, and 
I will uh, I will talk to you later. Make sure you uh, you like, you subscribe, you join us every Thursday for Becky and Millhaven. Just saying. A Huda Media Production.